0: Hey, everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Merry Christmas. (laughs) To me, this is a great way to launch a holiday. We know tomorrow everything's going to change, at least in the world around us. But dear God, may it not change within us. Amen? Amen. It's Christmas. 365 days a year. You might appreciate this. When four of Santa's elves got sick, the trainee elves didn't produce the toys as fast as the normal ones. And, well, you can understand that Santa was starting to feel the pressure of Christmas and then Mrs. Claus announced that her mother was coming to visit. is <laughs> now stressed. So he went out to harness the reindeer and found that three of them were about to give birth, and two of them had jumped the fence that night before, and he has no idea where they're at. Frustrated, he begins to load the sleigh when one of the board cracks, and the toy bag falls all over the ground, scattering toys everywhere. That was it. Santa was more than frustrated. He marches back into the house, looking to calm himself with a nice cup of hot chocolate. When he discovers, in opening the cupboard, that the elves had hidden the chocolate, of course they thought it would be funny, Santa's not happy. In frustration, he accidentally dropped the hot chocolate pot and broke it into a hundred little pieces all over the kitchen floor. He went to the closet to get the broom, only to find out that the mice had eaten the straw To its very end, it was then the doorbell rang. Boy, he's frustrated. Frustrated and irritable, he trudges to the door, opens the door, and there stands a little perky angel with a great big Christmas tree. With her angelic voice and full of cheer, she says, Merry Christmas, Santa. Isn't it a lovely day? I have a beautiful Christmas tree for you. Where would you like me to stick it? And so began the tradition of how the little angel got on top of the Christmas tree. <laughs> now before you go run into the door, there's a point that I want to make. No pun intended. But there's a song out that you've probably heard. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, take a look at the 5 and 10. It's glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes that glow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls that talk and will go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And here's the line. And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. <laughs> now, there's actually... A healthy understanding behind that line. But I just want to, if you will, pose that for a moment in light of the whole angel of how the angel got on top of a tree. Is that really our heart when it comes to Christmas? Now before you're quick to say, no, it's not. I've traversed the same highways and byways that you have in the last few weeks. I've not seen a lot of joy. I've not heard a lot of Christ. I've seen a lot of bah humbug. I've seen a lot of hurry and scurry. I've seen a lot of stress and mess. I'm just being honest. I've heard a lot "Merry Christmas," but I've not heard a lot of "Merry Christ" much. And to be honest with you, it's been about the same temperature in a lot of ways, even in the doors of this church. I like to say this, that if I say something like that and it frustrates you, it's probably because I'm right. Because the only reason we get defense or offense at something that someone says is because they're probably closer than the truth and we want to admit Because they took shots at Jesus and he never had a defense or an offensive attitude. See, it's just a concern. And why we did what we did this Christmas. And if you're a guest, I want to really truly say welcome. We're glad you're here. But in 23 years of pastoring this church, of 56 years of living and growing up in the church... There's so much about Christmas that I love, and yet there's so much about that just hurts my heart. It breaks my heart. To see if the consumption of what we've turned it to be not and completely missing what it's really all about. I want you to think about it for a moment. All the growing excitement that comes to this morning, all the longing, the anticipation, the buildup, the hype, And then somewhere in the moment of today, it's going to start to shift. Somewhere in the moment of this day, somewhere amidst it, we're going to get to its conclusion. And there's something about our humanity that really longs for that moment to lay our head to the pillow. And tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday, we'll start taking it all down. And I've actually heard people say to me over all the years of my living, people that love to say I'm a follower of Jesus, oh, pastor, we finally got it all put away this week. And I stop and go, really? Really? Is it really the longing of a parent to want to get their kids back out of the house and put them back in the school? To be honest with you, I just wish my kids could stay with me the rest of my life. My dad yesterday morning and I exchanged texts and both of us were in tears recounting days that had gone by knowing that the days have changed. Knowing that my mom and dad with their immediate kids and their spouses and their kids as kids and their grandkids, the number in our family now and immediately is 87. And my mom and dad are spending Christmas Day today alone. And I just shared with him, I said, man, I really hope that God will give us one more Christmas before he calls you home. And we just went back and forth recounting the incredible memories and how quickly they fade. But why? What is it about it? And when it comes to the figgy pudding, I have no clue what that is. And the fruitcake, I have no clue why you'd ever give that. There are some things, thank God, that Christmas is over, right? This is why we flipped the script because Christmas was to be the beginning of everything, not the end of anything. And according to the Bible, Christmas is what God had all started, people. I don't know if you're an athletic sort of chaser sometimes that I've liked to be, and I like to go to those grand stadiums. And one of the things that I love all the time is all the music they play to hype the crowd. I want you to understand what actually played. It doesn't play today, even though it does. It actually started back on the birth of Jesus. It was this song right here. I'm just telling you, listen. Come on, man. I mean, can't you see the angels? I'm just telling you. That's what we should be listening to come Christmas morning. It's just getting started. We like to say in this church, God is good. And all the time. Well, we're going to flip the script on that. And we want you to listen to this. One of the things that we want to come out of the voice of the people in this church is this. When someone walks up to you and says, so how was Christmas? I want to hear every celebrator say from here on out for the entire 2022 season. I don't know yet. It's just getting started. (laughs) Amen to that. So let me ask you. So how's your Christmas? Absolutely, people. It's just getting started. This is what I want you to capture and I don't want you to miss. If you've got your Bibles, I'd assume you just hold on to them right now. It's going to be we're going to kind of keep lights down a little bit, and not trying to mess with your eyesight. but I want you to look at the screen because I don't want you to miss some languages in here. This is what the Bible says, a very familiar passage you just heard, little Linus read. From the Peanuts Christmas. That night some shepherds were in the field. Some shepherds. We don't even get the description of it. And I just simply want to say this because I feel more like a shepherd. Than I do some saintly being. I feel like sometimes that I'm not counted. I'm not even noticed. Anybody feel the same? There's nothing famous about my life. Only the fact that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. I've written a few books. We can't even sell them on eBay. They're like five bucks and we put a 20 in them and people still don't want them. It's crazy. (laughs) I've written a few songs and you wouldn't even know if you heard them. My point is this, is I feel like more like some shepherd on a field than I do anything beyond that. They were guarding their flocks of sheep Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. I just want you to think about that for a moment. I don't think we even understand what took place on that day. I don't think we even begin to fathom how amazing this was. But these guys are trapped by something they'd never seen in their life. And I don't think we even understand what's really going on. But the Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared. We're talking the presence of God. And it surrounds them. They're terrified. No kidding. They're unbelievably terrified. But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born tonight in Bethlehem in the city of David. And this is how you recognize him. You'll find a baby lying in a manger wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. We're not talking about any type of large choir. The word here is really tens of thousands. These are God's militant army angels. They load the sky. It's beyond anything the sun, S-U-N, has ever even lit up. I try to imagine what that was like. That all of a sudden God's army joins them. Tens of thousands of angels. Beyond anything that Carrie Underwood herself could even sing. And I don't say that with any disrespect. Glory to God in the highest. They're praising God and peace on earth to all whom God favors. That's the key. Doesn't favor all. God's peace only rests on those who choose to favor him. Let me say it again. If your life is struggling, it's probably not because God hasn't come down. It's because you haven't looked up. I'm here to tell you, when you and I choose to really understand Christmas, game changer. Regardless of what you go through, game changer. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, what did you think about that? I don't know, man. I I didn't see nothing. I'm I'm, not going to explain this to the missus. I got to keep my job, man. Like, really? Like, he wants, he didn't really mean right now. Bible says, the shepherds said to each other, come, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this wonderful thing that has happened. Maybe the reason why we miss Christmas, because it really isn't that wonderful which the Lord has told us about. The Bible says they ran. They made haste. They ran to the village and found Mary and Joseph, which means they had to keep looking. Which even in their running, remember, there was a census taking. Bethlehem is overrun with people. And I'm pretty sure they didn't have a NICU that was certainly posted, Bethlehem, babies born on Christmas. You know what I mean? And they knew exactly where to go because every lane said hospital, turn left. You know, it wasn't that. That's not how they gave birth back then. And my guess is, regardless of what was handed down by Rome, they could care less about the Israelite people. There was more than one baby born that day. The chances are really high. The shepherds didn't give up in their search. They found the baby. They weren't going to stop until they found what was told. See, Jesus said, I came that you might have life. Have it to the full. And some of you might be saying, but I don't have life to the full. Then keep searching. Because I'll guarantee you when God makes a promise, you'll find it. When you seek first the kingdom, all these things will be taken care of, Jesus said. So they ran in the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And the shepherds told everyone, notice this, they didn't just tell their friends. They didn't wait for church Sunday morning. They told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. I just wonder about that moment they're telling everybody, listen, an angel actually appeared to us and began singing. And an entire army was there. And, and this is what they said. Whoa, hello. Billy's chips, the elevator isn't going up anymore. And smelling them sheep way too much. They didn't care. They told everyone and what had happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I wonder it's because God actually does keep his promise. He said, if you'll speak up for me, I've already gone before you. I will not fail you. I will be with you always. All who heard were astonished, but Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often, just like my dad and I did the other day. The shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God for what the angel had told them. And because they had seen the child, just as the angel had said. So let me wrestle some thoughts with you. According to this passage, 2,000 years ago, on a quiet hillside with a handful of shepherds like you and I, something new began. It didn't finish. Something new began, and that new changed everything, people. Until that night, I don't think we understand this. Until that night, there was no Christmas. See, I think the greatest hypocrisy is not people say, Keith, you're a hypocrite. No, no, let me tell you what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is the fact that you actually celebrate a holiday that you don't even believe in. You want to know what hypocrisy is? Hypocrisy is that you actually took a day off from work. Why would you take a day off? Because there is no Christmas, there is no celebration, there is no holiday without the child Jesus Christ, people. I don't care what side of the fence inside, and I don't care how much you think. You look at history itself. The calendar that we know of, A.D. and B.C., everything happened because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Every time you reference a watch and say what time it is, you're paying homage to the King of kings and Lord of lords. When you look at a calendar and you mark your child's birthday, that calendar only exists because of the birth of Jesus Christ. The world has never been the same. Never. Been the same. Before that day, there was no lights. There was no tinsel. There was no presents. There was no Christmas Eve. There was absolutely nothing. But Jesus' birth changed everything and not for a moment. But if you and I would so choose every moment of our life from here on. That's amazing to me. Listen very carefully. Christmas is not that we get wrapped up. And what was given to us and we get to open, Christmas is what God opened his heart and in whom we choose to get wrapped up in his son. Let me say it again. It's not what gets wrapped up and we get to open that makes for Christmas. It's what God opened up his heart and in whom we choose to get wrapped up in his son that makes for Christmas it was for God so loved the world that he gave and it wasn't a gift to just be celebrated that we call the birthday of Jesus it was his heart that you and I are to die to ours and take his and the world would never be the same I want you to think about this way When our oldest daughter, true for all of our children, but when our oldest daughter was born, Kay and I, of course, we've been married. And we were married for about, uh, what was it, about six years. And I remember that day she said, we probably need to go to the hospital. Some of you have heard this because I was a schmuck back then. Some of you might still think that today, but I don't want to hear about it. Merry Christmas. And so (laughs) I... uh, (laughs) And, and, and actually, you know, my wife is an unbelievable trooper and I, you know, I'd already been told the horror stories like don't hold your wife's hand because she'll crush your finger. You'll lose it because she'll bend the wedding ring, you know, all that stuff. Don't be surprised. Even though you're a pastor, she might call you some things you don't want to hear. I mean, I've heard them all, you know, and I'm saddened that you might've lived through that. I didn't have that. Okay. They were more like warning Kay to watch out for me because I, people go, well, because I I always say, man, man, when our children were born, it was hard on me. People go, oh my goodness, really? My wife will nod her head and say it was. It was more hard on him than it was me. All three births, all three nurses told me I was useless and told me to get out of the way. (laughs) That is a true story. Okay. And, and so when we got up in the morning, she goes, "Ah, I probably need to go to the hospital, you know, and I looked at her and said, sweetie, really? Because we had no health insurance. I was a poor, starving youth pastor. And, And, uh, and I said, sweetie, man, you know how much that's going to, I mean, you don't even look like you're hurting. That's what I said to her. (laughs) That's what I said to her. And, and she said to me, she goes, well, you know, and I said, you know, I can call Melinda. She's a friend of ours. She can come over to the house and, and hang out with you. And, and, uh, and I'll just kind of get some stuff around the house. And and then when you're ready to go and she goes, okay. So Melinda came over and, and I, I actually literally replaced the steps on her back deck working outside. Melinda comes and says, we need to go to the hospital. So I come in, it's like 6.30 at night, and I, and I look at Kay, and I'm like, really? Like, you look like you did this morning. Really? I mean, really? And she goes, yeah, I probably should go. So we go to the hospital, and, and we go into the room. You know, they put her in a wheelchair and take her there and then put her in the bed and get her all comfortable. And the nurse looks and says, uh, listen, Loy family, I'll be back in a while. I mean, I can tell by looking at your wife this is going to be a while. And I look at Kay and said, Zee? You know what, tonight's going to cost us? I mean, that was me. And so, you know, Kay goes, you know, well, you know, we're here, right? And so the nurse leaves, comes quickly back in and says, I probably should check just to make sure. And no kidding. She checks my wife, looks at me and says, this baby's coming now. I look at Kay and go, how can that be? She's not even hurting. My wife, my wife, while she's pushing, pauses for a moment to talk to my mom on the phone. And a few minutes later our little baby was here. And and I remember think about this in light of Christmas. I remember when they put Jordan in my hands. You know what I said? Well, oh, we got this over. No. Our world just began. And it's never been the same. How much greater is the baby Jesus? And why do we call ourselves Christians and we keep living the same? Christmas was never to be the end of anything. It was the beginning of everything. So real quickly, listen to this. I just want to share with you three things that I think I look at these shepherds and what happened I think needs to happen to us. Here's the first thing. They did what they were told. This is big. The angels came out. They'd never seen that before. Let alone one angel, now you get tens of thousands. And the Bible says, what? When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, What do you think? I don't know. I mean, did you really see what I I mean? I just shared that with you. They didn't reminisce anything. The Bible says, Let's go. They're on running. Let's go see this wonderful thing that has happened. I'm tired of being just a normal run-of-the-mill shepherd. I'm tired of being forgotten. I'm tired of being known. I love this story, and I really believe the reason that God showed up to the shepherds, not the kings, because our good God never puts the cookies on the top shelf and says, go climb for them. He puts them down in everybody's reach. And he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen to that? But the Bible says they did what they were told. And I contend, I think this is the problem with Christmas. Christmas. It's not that we're ignorant of its message. I just think we keep ignoring it. We've made it about us. And what I want to say is I'm smiling in my heart. I'm thrilled to look around and see this room packed. Because it is Christmas. And I can't think of anything more than what David said in the Psalms. Let's go to the house of the Lord first. Let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's celebrate the praises and the glory that's due him. It's not due us. Your kids can't save you. Your spouse can't save you. What greater birthday is there than the gift of Jesus? They did what they were told. Did you know the number one cause of atheism is actually those who say they're Christian? Listen to this very carefully. It's those who proclaim that God is God with their mouth. But yet deny him with their lifestyles. You see, this is what the unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. They keep telling me how great God is, but they're no different than I am. He's an incredible God. You know what the Bible says? This is the end of the book. Revelations. God blesses all who listen to his message and what? Obey. Obey. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey. Here's the second thing I see these shepherds did. They not only did what they were told, They treasured what they found. They treasured what they found. See, I believe this. We all appreciate Christmas gifts. I do. I do. But the reality is we don't really treasure them. We appreciate them. We don't treasure them. Because in a year from now, most of those gifts won't even be in our presence. Did you know that? It's a truth. Did you know that 77% of Americans will return some of the gifts that they were given today? 77%, ready for this? 20% say, I'll probably have to return all of them to get something I like. Here's my point. A year from now, you probably won't even remember where most of the gifts came from and who they came from. That's not a treasure. A treasure is something that you personally hold with great value, unbelievable value. In fact, there are two things that make something valuable. Do you know what it is? Who owns it and what someone's willing to pay for it? Let me say it again. There's only two things that make something valuable. Who owns it and what you're willing to pay for it? Let me help you with it. This means nothing to you, nothing to you. But if the camera can shoot in, it's a communion set. You know, like it's no big deal. This is my grandfather's communion set. Now it probably holds no valuable value to you. What do you think it's worth to me? This is my grandfather's prayer book. In all of his years of ministry, if I can get it on the right side, all the prayers of different people that he prayed for and written in his own writing. This is my grandfather's Bible that was given to him by his wife when he went into the ministry the first day and he used it through his entire ministry. What do you think it's worth to me? See, it's priceless. I don't care if you don't think much of it. That's okay. That doesn't make you wrong, but it's priceless to me. See, here's what I believe. If we truly understood God's gift of Christmas and what he was willing to pay to give it, I think that alone would change everything. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, we were bought with a price, and then in Acts 20, we're told what the price is, the precious blood of his very son. That's why I tell you, if someone tells you you're worthless, they're wrong. You're priceless to God. You're priceless. Christmas wasn't for you and I, first and foremost, to have a holiday. It was the expression of a God who really loves you, regardless of everything you ever face. He truly loves you more than you can imagine. Amen to that? I think the shepherds discovered that. Let me say it this way. It was more than an altar experience for these shepherds. It was an experience that altered them. A moment that transformed them. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found, watch this, and he hides it. But there's a reason he hides it. So in his joy, he can go and sell all that he has and buy that field so that no one could ever take that from him. Here's the third thing. They not only did what they were told and treasured what they found, here's number three. They told everyone they met. They told everyone they met. I believe this with all my heart. No one ever keeps silent about the things that really matter. Just meet a mom who gave birth to a brand new child. You'll find out what really matters. Jesus said, What we treasure is what we talk about. And what we talk about is what we treasure. Have you ever stopped to just listen to yourself talk? probably should listen to what you talk about is what comes out of your mouth most of the time the big game the coming big game the afternoon game who's gonna win the championship how about the best deal the thing you discovered the new car new bike that 32 point buck which is a lie anyway you never saw it never got it your Buick did (laughs) Or do you talk about Jesus? See, the shepherds went and found Christmas, and that's when the party began. In fact, if you want to remember this, remember this. It should not be a weekend. end. W-E-K. W-E-A-K. Christmas shouldn't be a weekend, end. It should be a strong beginning. Let me close with this, because I want you to notice something, and I want to forecast Luke 20, 20 says the shepherds went back to their fields and flocks. Notice what they went back to. The same life they knew. They didn't go on tour. And all of a sudden develop something that they could somehow make this incredible income. They went back to the very life they knew. But look what the Bible says. They went back glorifying and praising God. I love this. They returned to the very thing they knew but with hearts filled with glory and their tongues full of praise. Their tongues full of praise. See, I think that's what Christmas should be. That's why we flipped the script. That's why tomorrow we're going to do church. Today is Christmas. Tomorrow we're going to talk about Chris mess. Then we're going to talk about Chris more and Chris much. And we're going to do our week going in our series going into the new year Because I believe Christmas was the beginning. It wasn't the fulfillment and the end of. It wasn't something that started after Thanksgiving because back then everything was supposed to be of Thanksgiving, right? It wasn't something that came into a holiday season, which I'm not saying is wrong. But what saddens me is how quickly we celebrate this incredible moment and everything turns back and goes back to normal. I don't want my life to be normal. I'm sick of normal. Normal. I wanna be abnormal. I wanna be known as a child of the king. I want my life to be, if you will, radiate something that's bigger than myself. I don't wanna be in control. I wanna live a life under his control. I want Christmas to mean something. Because if it doesn't, then the only thing I can say about you is you're still in control. And you still think you're God. And I know that offends people. But there's only two things in life. There's your way or Yahweh. Everybody serves something. And everybody makes their decisions based on something. And there's only your way or Yahweh. And I'm here to tell you, Yahweh, to me, outbids everybody in this room's your way. Yahweh outbids anything on Shark Tank or what anything they could offer even though I love that show and how people take what they have and invest in someone else. Love that. But Yahweh is so much greater than anything that Hollywood could offer. The NFL or the NBA. Anything in this world. And God knew it. That's why he left his throne and came to give us one that's worth sitting on. To crawling up on his lap and letting him hear your heart And watching you die to it and surrender it so he can give you a new one. Amen to that? That's Christmas. That's why we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. So, how's your Christmas thus far? (laughs) Mine too. Mine too. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for the incredible gift of Christmas Man, I just thank you for the amazing gift of Christmas. That God, that in your amazing goodness and love for us, you're not out to get us. You're not mad at us. God, you're not disappointed. You're not frustrated. You love us. You knew what we needed. You came to give us hope. You came to give us a gift, a savior. Someone that could rescue us from ourselves that we could, in the midst of you, all that you gave us could then use those gifts to touch other lives. But most importantly, for them to see and hear about the goodness of who you are in us. God, the party's just getting started. That day changed everything. A normal day, imagine those shepherds just going through, thinking, wow, here we are. Conversations and the sky lit up. An announcement was made. The Messiah was born, and the world's never been the same. That's just so crazy cool. And what was back then, you want to happen right now in our hearts. So God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of Christmas. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone says, Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.